Hello and welcome to the Powerhouse podcast, the podcast that combines psychological tools, philosophical insights and storytelling to helping you navigate the complex and often confusing being. This is me, Lea Lechtenberg, and this is my colleague, Hugh Wilborn. Hi, Hugh. Hi, Lea. So today we talk about the skills of managing upwards, whether you're a manager, an executive or a frontline worker, you know that managing up is an essential skill for success. On this podcast, we will discuss everything from how to develop effective relation relationships with your managers to the importance of feedback and communication. We also give practical advice on how to handle difficult conversations and tricky situations in the work life. Tune in every week for stories and tips to help you managing uncertainty in life. How did you like that? It's a new one. Sounds great. I wish I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to listen to that now. Okay. So we're going to go begin with the, the topic of today, managing upwards. So what kind of experience do you have in managing upwards, Hugh? What comes up to your mind? Hey, first of all, I think we need to uh, explain what we mean by the term to our listeners. So managing upwards it refers to the situation where you have a job and the person above you in the line of command your manager is a problem for you and you have to manage your manager so officially what happens most of the time is the boss the big boss tells the little boss what to do and the little boss tells you what to do yeah that's the kind of normal chain of command but there are far too many places where the bosses aren't so good at being bosses. And as long as you work in that situation, you have to deal with the fact that perhaps your boss is not as good at their job as they should be, and it makes your life difficult. So that's the situation in which I suggest we have to manage upwards. So you have to do your own job, but you also have to deal with the idiot who is officially your boss. Um, is that clear? Yeah, I think Great. for me, it's spent some time with the topic already. Um, okay. Do you think it makes sense to start with a role model? What is a good boss? So we have kind of a, a picture. Um, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Um, partly because, um, you know, a good boss is someone who is living up to their own potential and meeting the requirements of their, their job. And there are so many ways to do that. Um, and in a way, when people are really good at, at being themselves, they're all a little bit different. So I wouldn't want to create a a box and say that's the best type of boss um and i can say kind of bland things like you've got to have a good relationship with your staff well yeah but what does that mean <laughs> okay actually we do know what it means we know what it means if you're happy to go into work and when you get stuff to do and you think whoa that's whew, that's going to be tough but interesting um and you know people are smiley it's a friendly place you don't really worry about 
what's the definition of a good boss? You're just having fun doing your work. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to your the question that you asked and I didn't answer, <laughs> which is uh, what experience do I have in um, managing upwards? And the answer is uh, directly and explicitly very, very little. Because I've only had two proper jobs in my life. Uh, when I left university, I worked for just under one year uh, for a theater. And then just recently, I, I taught for a term at a, a fancy university uh, here in Vietnam. And apart from that, I've worked for me. So what I do have experience of is, is two related things. One is I've been a psychotherapist for a long time and I've worked for, if you like, my clients and helped them manage their bosses. So that's indirect experience. Uh, the second thing is I had several businesses. One of them was uh, a long time I had a qualitative market research business and we had clients, sometimes repeat clients. Um, so not strictly speaking my boss, but for as long as the contract was running, they were my boss, they were paying my bills. And so I've had experience of, of managing my clients, if you like. But that's not the same as being on the inside of a corporation. Perhaps the third area in which I have related expertise is in negotiation either as an assistant negotiator or negotiating on behalf of people. And that turns out to be pretty useful because often you need the skills of negotiation to deal with your useless boss. So before we go into detail and share maybe some practical or like uh, some examples, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, are there some strategies you have found useful or effective when managing upwards, either directly or as the, um, like indirectly with your clients? Yeah, normally my, um, my approach would be to try to use what's already in the situation. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you an example. So I had one client who uh, their boss could not say anything quickly. It just took them forever. They would just go on and on and on. And, and it wasn't clear what they were saying. And, and sometimes they would say one thing. And before the end of the, the speech, they would have had another idea and it would kind of be a big mess. So it wasn't clear what they were saying and it took a long time for them to be very unclear about what they were saying. So it was really hard work, really hard work. And, you know, originally um, he would start by saying, um, so uh, what exactly do you want me to do, right? But then they would just do it all over again. It would just take such a long time. And eventually he'd say, so, so you mean this, this, and this? And they would say, yeah, yeah, yes, of course. That's what I mean. Do that, do that, get on with it. And, and that, that, suddenly the boss would be bad tempered because of course that's what I meant. 
It's a crazy situation. And it just kept going over and over and over again. He couldn't do it. He couldn't stop them talking too much. He, instead, he couldn't interrupt and say, you mean this? Because they kept changing their mind as they were talking. So uh, how do you deal with that? It's, it's really difficult, right, to make sense of this. And that was, that was the kind of place where he had to stop. What I suggested he did, um, he thought this was crazy, by the way. <laughs> I said, look, the moment your boss asks you something, I want you to say, oh, boss, that's a great idea. I think what we should do is A, B, C, D, E. No, no, hang on a moment. I think what we should do is D, B, A, C, C, A, B, D. No, no, hang on. No, look, that's a, no, wait a moment. I've just got one more thing to say. I think what we should say is do H, G, F, E, D, E, B, C, or possibly CBDA, and then AG, like, in other words, steal their clothes. Whatever the boss is doing that wastes time and freaks you out, do it back. But first, get in there quick. So, and then, and then you immediately, you know, it, it all, you say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I, I, I'm not thinking, clearly. What, what, what do you mean? So you don't try to establish anything. You don't try to teach them anything. You don't try to make sense of it. You just give them their own problem back. Okay. And it's the structure that matters, not the content. You can talk utter nonsense. It doesn't really matter. But you have to steal their clothes. Do the same process back at them. Before they do it. Yeah, I mean, they've so been you doing mentally it for the last, whatever, six months, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the moment they start, as soon as you get a chance to say anything, you just talk too much. Say, oh, I really understand what you're saying. I think what you're saying is BAC. No, no, of course no. What you really meant was, no, because you, the first thing you said was, right? And they then have to come up with a solution. They might, it doesn't really matter what it is. They either say, look, I'll just send you an email <laughs> or, or they then have to um, deal with what you're dealing with, but you don't, you're not challenging them in any way. You know, you mm -hmm. just back, back away. You just do it and then let it go. Okay, here's a one example. I think I think most of many people know from the workspace. You have a certain hours of working, right? Let's say yeah. you start at nine in the morning until five, and uh, you're connected somehow with like social media and WhatsApp and whatever. And uh, your boss repeatedly sends you messages at the time around 10 p.m. Let's say mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. uh, 11 p.m. and yeah. uh, to point out some mistakes you did during the day. Mm -hmm. um, what would you do with that? How, how could you steal or how could that person steal their clothes in that case? Well, let's, let's get it clear. The first things I would do is I'd try to keep them happy, right? So I answer the thing, right? But if it keeps going, Right. So if, if I just get this random thing at 10 p.m., I'm going to go, OK, I'll, I'll deal with that. Right. But if it goes on and on and on and on. Right. So we're only talking about something that's a continual bad problem. Then I have to respond. So what I would probably do is send my boss some questions 
at four o'clock in the morning and and then send them another one at five o'clock in the morning i can eat and i can maybe you know if i'm a clever clogs i can probably set up some thing to set fire off emails at such and such a time whatever but i would also contradict myself so i would ask a question at four o'clock right and then wait for them to answer and as soon as they answer i'd come back and say, oh no that's not the question i meant i think because we've changed it it's different now i'd do something else right so i would start but very politely very oh you know a terrible mistake or i i you didn't answer me so i've gone ahead and done something but now i need a different answer yeah so i would start generating questions for my boss in the nicest possible way and if i really didn't want to do it at four o'clock in the morning i would do it at midnight just before i go to bed or i you know i I'd, I'd reply very enthusiastically and then send them another email and another email and another email and another email and another email, like with tiny, tiny changes, tiny differences. So, you know, they at 10 o'clock at night, could you do this? I say, yes, please do that. So I do it. And then I think, no, no, I think this is better. Um, and just literally change one word and, and send them about 25 emails. So if you use the strategy of steal their clothes and just do something nearly the same or in an even more extreme way, why wouldn't you like just talk to them like people do and say like, hey, look, uh, you know, you sent me that message at that and that time. I don't really want to um, get messages from work. When do you decide to choose the normal contestation and when do you decide to use like kind of a strategy to get what you want or whatever? Okay, I'm a, sorry, that's a really good question, Leah. And, and the answer is I try to have an ordinary conversation first, right? Um, I've, I've assumed that the boss has already failed that test. Okay, <laughs> I try to have a normal conversation, say, um, uh well actually the normal conversation would be something like i don't uh oh i've just gone to my office i see you sent me something at 10 p.m at night i don't look at emails at 10 p.m at night i mean that's my downtime right so here it is here's the answer it's nine o'clock in the morning and here's your answer okay um but i might also you know if, if they keep doing it i might say yeah it kind of um, doesn't seem very efficient to me, you know. I sent you the report at four o'clock. We didn't leave until six, so there were two hours. I was really able to to do those corrections, but ten o'clock at night, I can't really do that. I've got kids, you know. I got kids from school. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so perhaps, you know, we can. Uh, how do you suggest we fix this? And I try to. It's their problem, remember, not mine. I've done what I was asked to do, and I say, how do you suggest we fix this? I can't fix it at 10 o'clock at night. Now, there are people who fix things at 10 o'clock at night. And that's because they're paid a lot of money. So if you work in the city of London in the finance sector, it's absolutely normal to be working at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning. That's why you're paid ridiculously large sums of money. And that's the deal. 
that's not a it doesn't matter whether the boss is bad or not if you're on a starting salary of you know 150 grand you do as you're told that's why you're paid that's again not the situation i'm talking about i'm talking about people in ordinary jobs with incompetent bosses thank you so we were talking about or you also talked about this uh building a relationship to your employees so your employees come to work and they're happy and they like to work i know you don't really like to recommend particular or want to put things in a box or make an abstraction but is there something like let's say we have new managers and uh, they're here everywhere oh it's important to build good relationship <clears throat> so that they trust you and that you i don't know have a good at what would you recommend there oh, maybe you can just give us some ideas yeah i mean uh your job as a manager typically you got you you've got lots of different things to do the the primary thing you're employed to do is deliver the goods or services that your business does so it's running a hotel or it's making widgets or whatever it is designing software right so you have something to get out of the door or some process that you're meant to be delivering I hope that you are you have chosen that job because you quite like doing that, right? Um, and if you don't really like your job, you probably shouldn't be doing it. You should be hunting for a job that you do like, or you should ensure that you're so massively overpaid that you're willing to do it because you can see the money coming into your bank account and you care about that money, right? If you don't care about the money, it's still not good enough. But you, like if you're doing a job you hate, but you get a shed load of money and you love money, that's, a, that's the kind of deal a lot of people do. If you don't love the money and you don't love the job, you're really in the wrong place. Yeah. Now, that's true for you. It's true for me. And it should be true for all your employees. You should be finding out what is it that really makes your employees happy about this job that they're doing? What are the bits that they really love doing? And we're all a bit different. You know, some people like talking to people. Other people like fixing problems. Other people like to be left alone to, to work on whatever it is, right? So if you're the manager, you should be finding out the strengths of your team and trying to get the right people around doing the bits that they most enjoy. You, know, you have the, the chatty, friendly person on reception or doing the sales. You have the geeky guy, you know, fixing things in the back. He doesn't necessarily want to talk to customers. That's fine. So, uh, you know, there, there are endless details, but essentially what you're trying to do is make sure that people do what you've asked them to do and that they, they enjoy doing it. Now, none of us enjoy our jobs all the time, but if you're having fun, you know, north of 70% of the time, that's pretty good.
So maybe that's obvious, but what are the benefits to, to um, keep a good relationship all together in a team? And why should a manager or what's the, what's the idea behind if the, I mean, imagine the, the company is running, right? It's, you have profit, you have revenue, your clients are okay mm -hmm. uh, or are happy about the product or service you deliver. And uh, overall, it's working somehow. Maybe mm -hmm. from year to year, you do a little bit more plus and the, the, the founder of the company is happy too. Why would you spend all the time and energy to figure out the strength of your team and place them in different direction if this or in different places if if how it is right now works fine too well maybe they're already in the right place <laughs> i mean you said the, the company's running well okay so if people generally have a nice time at work and they're doing a good job you know great fine if if people are not happy it's kind of obvious and it also shows up right in 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 the team that you're working in if someone is not uh, i mean i can think of a situation where there was one part, member of the team that i was in who really um was a very very talented person but really didn't have the personality skills the social skills to express their views well and other members of the team just withdrew so the answer was move that person somewhere else it's not a bad person just the wrong person in that team all right so um If we think about managing upwards again, and we, we, we were talking about relationships and um, like it, it's a little bit about team building. So where to put or how to discover strength in the team and um, to put them in the right place. Hmm. Um, but when we go back to managing upwards and you talk to a person or talk to a client who is having troubles with uh, different things or repetitive things, what would you recommend? Nothing in, in like, I don't have a particular idea or case, but just you experience there's frustration and things are happening and again and again. Well, I can think of, it's easier to think of a specific example. Okay. So um, I had one client who continually, um, was being put in the wrong by the boss. The boss would always somehow manage to blame my client when the boss made the mistakes. So my, what my client had to do was to make sure that they had created a really clear paper trail. So every time the boss asked them to do something, they would email back saying, thank you, just to confirm what you've asked me to do is ABC. So that my client created uh, a record of all the agreements that her boss 
had been sending to her. Okay. And he was talking all the time and didn't like to put it on paper. So she had to put it on paper so that when things, if things ever went wrong, she could, she could point to the emails and say, this is the one I sent you before I did anything to check that I'd understood you correctly. So there are two way, two reasons for creating the email trail. One is to protect yourself, as it were. Um, and the other is to begin to control the boss, because you've said on Thursday, this is what you told me to do. And you agreed. You, I've asked you to, you know, if this is wrong, please email me straight back. Right? You didn't. Therefore, you agreed. Uh, and in the long term, it's protection. If something really does go wrong, you have the email trail, which says, yeah, but you agreed to exactly what I did. That makes sense. <laughs> I was mute. That makes sense. Right. So um, one last question. If you, I mean, you're in the situation and you have to manage, manage upwards somehow. There's mm -hmm. always the option to change the job and there's always the option to um, leave the job or leave the comp company overall. But what do you think if, if the person decides I want to stay in this company for now because like life circumstances, like there are things that are more important to me right now and then cha changing my job. What would you say are the benefits of managing upwards? Well, it's, it's a little bit of uh, protection and safety and you reduce the chaos. I mean, the problem with incompetent bosses is they make a simple job difficult. And that's, that's, and you're doing it. So they've just made your job difficult. So that's what you're trying to control. Now, it, it occurs to me that, you know, it's a little, I can sound glib. It's as though I'm saying, oh, but the answer's simple, you know, get on with people, have fun, you know, do the thing you like. And you might be listening, think, yeah, but my life's much more difficult than that because I have to work with this person who's really always whinging. She's not my boss, but she makes my life hard. And then my boss is incompetent and I can't move because I need the money and la, 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 la. And, it, and you make it sound so simple, Hugh. That's just nonsense. You know, you don't have real experience of the difficulties I have. And you're right. I don't have real experience of your difficulties. But I want to suggest that the reason I make it sound simple is that I'm always going to look for the simplest possible solution. Now, that might take some time, but I want to make your life and my life more simple, easier to control. So I'm looking if if life's very complicated and I've got a, a client who's always win, sorry, a colleague who's always whinging at me and a boss who's always giving me crazy conflicting instructions, I don't want to have to do something complicated. I want to find the simplest way to deal with these people. So how do I do it? Right. I need to find some boundaries to control them. And I want to find a simple way to, to uh, protect myself from all this chaos, right? So 
and and often I want to I want to steal their clothes, right? So the my client sorry my colleague who's always complaining you know my boyfriend did this and this and the other you know i can take it for a little while but generally speaking anyone who complains more than 50 percent, 15 one five percent of the time is going to lose all their friends it, it's just unbad you just can't deal with it right it's just like oh not again right but this is not my friend this is my colleague right i can't get rid of her that quickly right so what do i do i say you know, I haven't wanted to tell you this because I don't want to tell anybody. But I can tell that, you know, you, you know what it's like to have problems because you've told me about a few of them. But I, my goodness me, I, I have problems and I want to tell you about them. Oh, yes, I do. So I'd like to take you for a cup of tea after supper. After, after, after the end of our work shift and I want to tell you terrible my life is well maybe i don't do the melodrama right but i need to get in there first i need to say yeah yeah that's terrible but let me tell you how awful i can't even begin to tell you how awful things <laughs> so you know if, if they think they've got a monopoly on on sorrow you have to disabuse them of that get in there first and you say I'm so glad you've opened up to me because now I can open up to you. Thank you for the theater at the end. I pretty much enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, we're already at the end for today's uh, session. So um, is there something you want to add? Um, what do I... Uh, there's a kind of a million things, but I just want to to, to repeat the, or, or go a little bit further. The answer is normally in the situation. You know, I've just talked about basically feeding back to people the rubbish that they send to me. So it becomes their problem. But I want to, I, I, I don't want to take it home with me. You know, if I'm lying in bed at night worrying about my job, I definitely have to deal with that. That's a problem I have to deal with. And what I'm going to look for is a simple solution that I can do at work so that I can leave my work at work and go off and live the rest of my life. Now, I know that sounds wonderful and easy and, and, and oh, that, if only I could kind of thing. But honestly, it's possible. We just have to look for the simple solution. And often the clue is right under your nose. The clue is already in your situation. So it, it is possible and and in the end it's it's kind of liberating and and empowering. So go for it. Thank you so much for today's insight and also for this little piece of uh, yeah, as I said before, your uh, theatrical skills. Um, I always enjoy it. Thank you. So um, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being here with us. If you have any feedback, if you have any examples from your everyday life, just please give us a uh, hit, leave us a mail, go to our webpage to www.powerhouseclass.com. There are some information, there are our email addresses and there's a link through to Hugh's webpage. 
So we're always happy to hear from you and uh, get some feedback. Thanks, Leah. Talk next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.